This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined, as always, by Michael. Hello, everybody. I would like to point out that Spencer is over there on the ones and twos. <laughs> I'm spinning the, the vinyl. Yeah, he's. Uh, we, we've got some new equipment. We, we upgraded for you guys. I'm, I'm going to send it out on, on the Twitter. Oh, okay. He's broadcasting live. No, no, I'm not going to broadcast live. Oh, we're not? I'm just going to take a picture of it. Oh, okay. Sorry. You'll see. You'll get to see uh, the new setup that actually requires many more cables than the old setup. We're, we're basically a, a, a radio studio here. Yeah. It was an adventure trying to get everything... It's been ho- a while. ...hooked up, recording. We are, what... We're a little almost late. an hour late starting. It's yeah, okay. just a little bit. Not a big deal. But first, before we even get to the intro topic, we're gonna have a little bit of an instant reaction. Okay. Because the Texas Tech basketball team took down the West Virginia Mountaineers on the road for the first time. Yep. They were they were zero and six going into Morgantown until tonight. And if you watch the first half, it was ugly. Good gosh. Disgusting basketball. You it were was. like, wow, we're going to lose this game. And at the end of the season, you're going to look back and like, how on earth did we lose that game to West Virginia? Why were we shooting 20%? Why was everything that we we're throwing up there hitting the rim or whatever and not going in? It just made no sense. We had nine guys with four fouls. That's not right. Well, it's close, though. We had three foul out. Right. We had nine guys with four. No, I'm just kidding. It wasn't that bad. But it, I know Culver, he picked up three early. Owens picked up he three was, early. Odiase picked up three early. And those, so, so I was going to say, those are the three that fouled out. Culver did not foul out. Owens, Odiase, oh, yes. and Kyler Edwards all fouled out. Ugh. Jarrett Culver, for the first half, had zero points and three fouls. He was 0 for 1. His his one great drive was negated by an oddly similar looking offensive charge that was uh, called against Zion Williamson uh, that Moretti took in the was it Moretti that took it in the open court against Duke with about three and a half minutes left. I no, it was Francis. It was Francis who Francis. took that charge. Anyway, this was kind of a similar open court charge. Uh, Probably could have gone a little bit either way, but that was Culver's third foul, and he left the game, I believe, for the rest of the half at that point. Zero points, zero for one shooting, and then came back and just dominated the second half. Tech had a great run coming out of the second half. I think they went on an 11-0 run, and uh, 
West Virginia didn't score a field goal. They had a couple of free throws here and there, but I don't think they scored a field goal till maybe six minutes into the second half. So yeah. some really solid defense coming out. Well, just the whole game, it was pretty solid defense, but West Virginia's prone to make turnovers. Uh, they don't have quite the same ball handlers that they've had in the past. You said ball handler? I sure did. Spencer's trying to take a Sorry. picture. I'm taking a selfie, not of myself, but of the our little mixing board, our new recorder, our headphone preamp. I've got the laptop out. You've got a laptop. Yeah. You've got a fancy mic stand. I bought a mic stand. It was twelve dollars. Yeah. Now, now we're a, set. It's the same one I have. I just I can't find mine. It's at the house somewhere. Anyways. Man, it's going down. We are all professional. Sorry. Back to the game just for a half second because that's what we're talking about. Um yeah. Going into halftime, I was concerned. I was looking at all the guys that had three fouls. I was like, what are we going to do when Culver fouls out, when Tariq Owens fouls out, Odiase fouls out? Um, how is how is Tech going to be able to to weather that and, and be able to win the game? I thought the same thing because I couldn't, I couldn't picture – I knew that it was possible and probable, but I just couldn't picture the typical second half comeback in a Big 12 game on the road, and I couldn't picture Culver coming out and you know just going off like he did. I knew he was capable of it, but I just didn't know if he would do it. Sorry, I'm sharing the reply from from Hunter. We'll talk about football in a little bit. There's a uh, a New York Jets beat writer that has coined a new ridiculous nickname for Kingsbury, which we'll talk about later. Oh man, it's brutal. Um, so gosh, I was, I was there and then I, I, I tapped on, uh, I tapped on Twitter. So Texas tech tonight wins 62 59 on the road in Morgantown moved to 12 and one West Virginia falls to eight and five. Um, had, had three, Tech offensive guys and double figures. Matt Mooney had 14. Jarrett Culver had 18. Davide Moretti had 12. Um, you just, you had a really poor shooting night. You shot, you were 21 or 55 overall for 38% from the field, which is pretty low. Yeah. You were, th- it's about what you shot it against Duke. It, it was, it wasn't that great. I think it was 39. And you almost won that game, but right. you shot three for 18 behind the arc. 16.7%. 17%. Um, you allowed West Virginia to shoot 18 of 43, which is nearly 42%. They were five of 19, so just a little bit better on three throws. Oh my gosh, three pointers, 26%. But speaking of free throws. I think that was the biggest difference in the game. Agreed. You shot 17 of 24, so not great. Just under 71%. However, West Virginia, especially early on, um, when you went into halftime down two points, I think it was a 
had very much to do with how poorly West Virginia was shooting from the, the charity stripe. They were 18 of 32 for just over 56%. Yikes. That's, that's going to cost them games. Like, oh, yeah. Like tonight when they lose by three points and they were they made one more free throw than you did, but they attempted eight more. Well, and there were 50 fouls called in this game. Somewhat ridiculous. Somewhat excessive. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite clear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You've got, you've, you've kind of wound up, you don't want to take excuses on a win or a loss, but it's a good thing they didn't shoot their free throws well. And, um, but Tech also didn't shoot threes at all. Well, uh, I, I want to point out Culver just a little bit more. He was perfect from the free throw line. He was six for eight from the field. He missed two shots all night, 18 points. And those were all second half points. Yep. And so he, he missed one in the first half and one in the second half. Yeah. He only missed one basket in each half. Not, not too bad, but, uh, you know, Mooney was 0 for 5 on threes. Uh, God bless him. He kept trying. Francis was 1 <laughs> for 4. Uh, Moretti was 2 for 5, which, which you know, that's not too bad. And he hit a really pretty clutch bucket towards the end. He did. The last few minutes. Uh, kind of a line drive. I think the announcers called it that, too. That, that really, I think it put Tech up 3. I, I can't quite remember. But they... Uh, they kind of snuck snuck out of Morgantown with a, a game that, that they were pretty lucky to win. Yeah, I, I would say that they weren't lucky to win. Um, but you'll take that because a road win is a win. It's a Big 12 conference win. Um, you're one of one for conference yeah. games. Yeah, you're it's one a, You're one and oh, man. It's a great start. Great place to be. Um Let's take a quick step back. Let's do our, our intro topic. I mean, we're, we're 10 minutes in, but we're going to talk about the intro now. Okay. Um, today is January 2nd, 2019. This is officially episode 60. We have released... This will actually be our 66th episode. There were a few in there that were unnumbered mailbag editions. Yes. 
So as we near, this is to be the last episode of our first full year of the podcast. Cheers. Cheers. I've got, I've got my uh, bald eagle Tervis cup. I've got my, my roses cup from dinner. Oh, man. Little. <laughs> little I would uh, say clinky, but this is styrofoam. No, it doesn't, it doesn't quite do the same. We are rounding out our first full year on the 23 personnel podcast. We weren't always a 23 personnel podcast, but then again, we've always been the 23 personnel podcast. In our hearts. <laughs> um, so today is January 2nd, 2019. New Year's was yesterday. Michael, did, did you have any, did, what did you do for New Year's? We, we really didn't do anything uh, except that we, we did stay home and hung out with the two-year-old and watched a couple of those Netflix countdowns that you could start <laughs> that were... A couple? Yeah, they were two-minute videos. She likes to count down. So we, we cool. did a couple of countdowns at 7.30 or 8. And then, for whatever reason, it suggested that we watch the Taylor Swift Stadium Tour video. Why not? That was the just the natural next video to watch. And so we started it. And yeah, we had to watch it for a while because she was really enjoying herself and we were enjoying white grape, uh, white sparkling grape juice. We had some ourselves last night. Oh, it's wonderful. So Samantha and I redid cause okay. Our plans for new year's, we were over at her parents' house, mm-hmm. all of her family, even her brother and sister-in-law that live in Dallas came in for the weekend. They stayed with us. We were at her parents' house. So Samantha is one of five siblings. All five siblings were there. All five spouses, spice, <laughs> spouses were there. Sorry, that's a terrible. Um, and then each family has at least one child. There's 23 of us in the house, in the house. 23. 23, yeah. The number uh, keeps popping up. We should have, we should have done a recording there because it yeah. w- literally was 23 personnel. <laughs> there were 23 of us. Um we, it was, it was crazy. So we, we had our own redo. It was just the two of us last night at midnight, basically. And we, we had, um, the white grape sparkling cider juice, whatever that is. It's wonderful. I, I think they should offer Morelli or whatever. Well, we got Welch's good old Welch's <laughs> can't Welch's go wrong. Grape juice. Yeah. Uh, that's just, it's surprisingly refreshing. It's way good. Now, I have to ask you, because I don't know any other way to bring this up. In the notes, mm-hmm. you say fire mishap. There was a there was a small... You started a fire? Yes. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. What'd well, for those of y'all who don't know, I have a, a pellet grill on the back porch. And I had received a couple of Christmas gifts I wanted to use. One of them, my wife had given me a long time ago, and I hadn't used it for this purpose, but it's a cast iron pizza pan, and I wanted to use I it to it make breakfast. You. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> here. And then the other gift was from my mother-in-law and father-in-law, and they gave me a copper, just they're just thin little copper sheets, basically, that you set on the grill, and you can use kind of as a nonstick surface and and all that. And I thought, well, you know what? Why not? It It's going to be cold. But I'll get out there and I'll try to make some bacon and eggs and sausage and stuff happen on these different tools and see how well they work. I just kind of wanted to. You know, you got the day off. Go for it. 
So I fire up the old Traeger and I had cooked a brisket on it <laughs> in, I don't know, October. And uh, then I had cooked a turkey breast on it for uh, Thanksgiving, but I hadn't cleaned the drip pan underneath. I usually just put a foil, I put foil over the drip pan underneath, but you know, all that gunk and stuff gets on there and every now and then I just need to replace the foil try to keep the drip pan from being uh, dirty itself. Anyway, long story short, I'd cranked up the Traeger and it seemed like there were a lot of smoke. There was a lot of smoke <laughs> out there. But I, I thought, well, it's 22 degrees. Maybe it's just kind of a, a reaction with the cold air and didn't think much of it. And I went out there and I opened the lid. And uh, the, unfortunately, I'd already put like my copper my copper sheet on there because it's it's nice and charred on the bottom yeah if you can I see. see that too anyway those <laughs> were already on there getting heated up so that i could throw some bacon on there i walked out there with some raider red meat jalapeno bacon i was oh. about to put it down and i opened the lid and flames shot out probably at least eight feet in the air and my my traeger's underneath kind of an awning on our back porch <laughs> and i just kind of watched it for a second i remember opening the door and telling allison i was like i think i think we have a problem and I don't, she's like, well, do I need to get the fire extinguisher? And then suddenly I, I finally remembered, oh, I could just close the lid. <laughs> let me just close the lid. I was like, no, I think we're okay. Cause at first I thought, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let me Let's see that, that please. Out. So I, I like unplugged the Traeger cause you know, I didn't want it to keep going and I know that's not good for it, but what else can you do? And, uh, you close the lid. Yeah. And then I close the lid <laughs> and then just let it finish its thing out. But that was kind of a an abrupt start to our new years was uh, a lot of uh, brisket drippings. I'd imagine. Yeah. So was we, what caught fire. <laughs> we didn't have any fires at our place. That's good. Um, no fires is good. It was good. We, I woke up at like nine thirty New year's day. It was a little early. What early. So we would have slept in longer had our son not been sharing a room with two of his cousins who have no regard for sleeping past sunrise. I have a two-year-old, man. There's no way I'm sleeping at 9.30. So our four-year-old, like, will sleep for 14 hours. Oh, my gosh. If we let him. Like, she sleeps, we're lucky if she sleeps 11. And he goes to bed at, like, 9.30 or 10. So, like, if we let him, he could sleep till, like, noon the next day. Oh, my gosh. Maybe she'll well, get to that point. We'll see. Maybe not 14 hours straight. But he will sleep 12 hours. And if we put him down at 10, he's not getting up again until 10. So like he stays up later than most kids do, I would, I would imagine, but he will still sleep 12 hours. Anyways, That's nice. Um, yeah, so it was good. It was good New Year's. Uh, we've got some notes here. The uh, friend of the show, Rob Bro. Yeah. His, uh, his new show format going live Friday, January 4th, it looks like, instead of today, which is fine. Good yeah. for him. He takes over the 9 to 11 a.m. slot on the new Talk 1340. Um, he's got his podcast up on iTunes now, which you can search by looking for Rob Bro. So it's B-R-E-A-U-X, The Rob Bro Show, or Get Robbed, R-O-B-D, radio. Yeah, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Um, excited about that. He's going to be... Like we said last week or whatever, he and Chad will have a, a one-hour show in the afternoons, yeah. the expert hour. And they're going to highlight some local businesses and stuff from four to five, I believe. Yep. Um, other 
talk shows will happen throughout the day, but highlight obviously is nine to nine to 11 AM weekdays, Rob bro. Yeah. Check him out. He and Carson Robinson, uh, and then Tucker Lowrance on the yeah. producer side. Yep. Tucker does a good job. Spinning the beats. Play some great music for when I would come on the show. The bumpers, the bump. Um, other good news. We had a new writer join the Staking the Plains family this week. Finally. I say finally. We, we've been talking to him for, I don't know, a month or so now. But like at the end of the year with all the holidays and everything, it just kind of got pushed back. Yeah, everything gets a little, a week or two longer. But those that are avid followers of any of us on Twitter know that we, we've interacted with him for quite some time. Kyle Jacobson, friend of Hunter Cook. Yeah. We they, could say he's a friend of the show. He is a friend of the show because Hunter's a friend of the show. Yeah. He's been on the show. Hunter and Kyle had their own podcast. They, which I really enjoyed. Ins- we both liked. Inspired yeah. us to finally jump into podcasting. And unfortunately, yeah. life got in the way and they uh, they put their show on hold. But have both agreed to, to come on. Our show, excuse yeah. me, my little voice crack there. You got a little emotional. I'm like 13 again. <laughs> um, but yeah, Kyle Jacobson joins Taking the Planes. He wrote his first piece and I guess published it this morning. The second on betting odds on Texas Tech basketball conference wins for the season. And it came out. Sorry, I'm laughing because Spencer was really trying to figure out how to burp off camera. <laughs> Off, off mic, man. It was off, off mic, camera. But, Sorry. Yeah. But thanks for bringing that up. That's, that's, yes, that's why there was a gap. Well, I didn't there want to think Kyle audio. was laughing at his article or so that we were laughing no. at. No, not at it was all. It's a great article. Spencer was over there like blowing out the side of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, he was looking at the Vegas odds or uh, how would you set that up? It, he no, it was had, more, like, the, uh, it was more ESPN's uh, system. Yes. He was looking at the ESPN system, the, the um, oh, I'm blank on, on the, the acronym of it, but it's a... I think it's BPI. BPI, yeah, the Basketball Power Index. And if you look at the odds, the odds on favor in the bell curve, it peaks around 12 to 13 wins. In conference. Conference wins, yes, because you're already at 12 wins. 12 to 13 conference wins where a team, most conference teams winning seven or eight games... Have a good shot to get into the tournament. 12 to 13, you're going to be in that top tier. Um, Kyle said probably the 14 to 15 range, you're going to be competing for the conference championship. So you, you've got some ground to make up. And just because it it predicts 12 or 13 wins, or that's the st- statistical, you know, the bell of the curve. Right? That's where most of all the data falls. Is right. 12 and 13 wins. Doesn't mean you can't get better and push for... 14, 15 wins. Yeah, and like he pointed out, when we were 5-2 and two in football, I think there was a 98% chance yes. that, 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 was a stat that we that, would make a bowl game. That we, we quoted quite often. Yes. Yeah, we were 5-2, and two and there was an, it was after we beat Kansas, 98% chance of making a bowl game. Yep. And, and we found that 2%. Yeah, we found a way. Nature found a way. But yeah. We found a way. It's, it's, it's great to have Kyle on. He's had some... Really cool stuff he's posted on Twitter the last, especially all during football season. So uh, give him a follow at underscore Kyle Jacobson, just spelt J A 
C-O-B-S-O-N. And oh, thank you. You can check out all his other tweets, and whenever he writes a good story for Staking the Plains, he'll, I'm sure, post it there. He is a Lubbock resident, so yeah. obviously a candidate to be on the show. Yeah, he's he's local. He's local. He went to Tech. Live, for- local, and late-breaking. It is late. It is. All right, sorry. Let's get to... Um, Let's get to basketball. And if we were any better, like, yes, the, the equipment may look like we're professional. If we were any more professional, we'd have some, some good transition music. We're working on that. It's, it's a distinct possibility that may be coming up very soon. Because of the mix board, uh, that, that this may be happening. We've got so many inputs open, we can just start just plugging stuff. We, we plug a guitar in and play a tune. Oh, I've got, yeah. Well, if, if I just I decide. to learn the guitar first. Oh, but, it's fine. We could learn it on air. Yeah. Everyone, they would love it. New segment. Yeah. Spencer learns guitar. That, that's that's happening. It's just the last 15 minutes. I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> that's going to be awful. Um, let's turn it into women's basketball really quickly because they don't get the attention and appreciation that that team is, is deserving currently. First year coach Marlene Stallings has a team at 9-2. and two. Unfortunately, it's 9-3. Nine 9-3. and, three. Nine and three. They, they lost to OU tonight. Yikes. Yeah. I but know. This all happened. This all happened recently. Happened. They and, and they were they were leading, I think, all game and then they ended up catching the L. I I can pull up a few more deets on that. Well, I was I was checking it up before we started uh recording. The the point I wanted to bring up the research that Michael did. Um at this point last year they were six and five and they went on to win one of their next nineteen conference games including the first round of the Big 12 tournament. Yep. To finish the season at 7 and 23. So they've already won more games than they did all of last season and they just played their first conference game tonight. They dropped 100 points on somebody late this past week against yeah. ACU. Yes. The Allen Christian Wildcats. Yep. Um they landed a five-star transfer from Yukon, originally from Texas, Lexi Gordon. Will probably uh, sit out in red shirt. No, I, don't, I don't know if it's a red shirt when it crosses seasons, but she she will sit out for a, basically a calendar year and will become eligible early January of 2020 and rejoin that season. Um, and then the other thing was they were playing OU tonight. So yeah, that, well, and and with with Gordon too, she hasn't played hardly at all at UConn. It's a very limited amount of playing time, but she was the 29th ranked player in the nation coming out of high school. That's a big deal. So I think there's a lot there. And the fact that she wasn't playing at UConn, which is a phenomenal women's basketball program, that doesn't mean that she's not going to make a possibly a huge impact here in Lubbock. I mean, I, 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 would, I, would like, I would compare UConn and women's basketball to Alabama and football. Yeah. But even more so. I, yeah, it's like this is a five-star player that was crowded out by other talent. Like yes. There was no room for her to make a contribution because there's so much other talent on that team. So she wants to come home. She wants to play a bigger role on a team. Texas Tech offers that. So she will has joined the team or will be joining the team very soon and will be eligible likely for the 2020 conference part of the season next year. Yeah, the the, the issue with the game tonight, it's kind of a – Kind of a puts a little damper on the the good highlight 
I was trying to bring up here on the women's basketball program, but you know, OU was only four and seven going in tonight, and this is this is all you. Then this is this may be my fault. It's your fault. You you jinxed them. And uh, the Lady Raiders, they were up. They were up. I think most all of the game. Uh, I'm I'm seeing here just through the Twitter feed. <clears throat> excuse me, through the Twitter feed that at the end of the third they were up by seven. I need a dump button on this. Just yeah, now. we need a dump button. Sorry, and, go on. And then um, they were up 55 to 51 with about five minutes left. And somehow they went up, they went from going up 55 to 51 and they lost 66 to 61. So OU went on like a 15-6 run to finish the game. Which That's sounds brutal. nuts. Yeah, it, it's rough. And that was what the you know, the article at TexasTech.com says Lady Raiders drop heartbreaker to OU. And that kind of sounds like what happened. Uh you know, OU scored twenty seven points in the fourth quarter. And Tech scored fifteen. So they they had it in the bag and then they just they, they just got victimized by a run and just couldn't escape it. But a late run. Yeah. Hopefully I didn't jinx the Lady Raiders by bringing them up for the first time on the podcast in a while, but it's, it's definitely progress. Things seem yeah. to be heading in the right direction and the players seem to really respond to stallings and stuff. Uh, if you've seen some of those videos where I forgot what big game they won, but when she came in the locker room, it was a, that was a lot of fun to, to, to see them interact with one another. So things are looking up despite the loss tonight. I think it sounds like it was kind of a, a fluky way to end a game. And quite the the turnaround. Obviously, this is like we were just mentioning, first-year coach Marlene Stallings is getting a impressive turnaround. Yep. More, more to come on the women's basketball side. I'm excited for that because, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's been a hot minute since. It's been a while. But th- this team has won a national championship. So excited to see where that goes and you would think like with the coach of that team still working for the athletic department there'd still be some kind of influence there but excited to see where this goes now we have already touched on the the basketball game the men's basketball team the men's basketball game tonight where they took down west virginia 62 to 59 a couple other games well there's one game from last week that we Need to touch on the last non-conference game until you get to Arkansas, kind of in the middle of everything. UT Rio Grande Valley. The Vaqueros. The Vaqueros. Is I awesome. love it. The first half, again, was a little concerning a little Well, they bit. shot lights out. They were... that, And, and their defense was forcing Tech into some, like, into some weird shot. They, they, it forced a lot of turnovers. And then a lot like tonight to, to start in the second half against West Virginia... There was a long, long stretch early in the second half where they didn't score, and Texas Tech built the lead back up, like how they did against West Virginia tonight, where they went, they took the lead and got up. I don't know, it was like a, I don't remember. I was I was distracted watching the game. I was at church, but they took advantage of some early second half adjustments, put the game away. And then only allowed the Vaqueros to score 15 second-half points. That was it. 
That'll do it. That that'll do the that'll do the end of that. But they were, uh, you know, they were a team that the Vaqueros were a team that everyone talked about coming in that could create turnovers and could extend those arms and have some pass deflections and and kind of cause havoc there. And they did, like you said, for a while in the first. But then Tech settled down and UTRGV's shots quit going in quite like they were at, at first and, and you knew that was going to happen just because I think they were shooting 50 or 60 percent in the first 10 minutes it was it was something pretty nuts so you knew it was going to come back down to earth at some point and and tech took advantage of it and uh, did what they needed to do to, yep. to finish the game out so the latest rankings held Texas Tech at number 11 um, interested to see how, how that'll change after this week. You've got one more game this week before the next rankings come out. Sorry, they're number 11 in the AP poll, also number 11 uh, as of today in Haslametrics, which right. I like to look at as well. I mean, Kyle was talking about the BPI on, in his post. That's a good thing to check out. Sorry, I was a little further away. You were getting like a like a distance. I was way back here. Oh, I see. Way up on the mic. Sorry. I, I we're still learning our equipment. Well, I I need to find the other mic stand so that then I can actually like sit back in the chair and relax, and you can actually hear me instead of me having to lean forward like this. I'm so sorry for the terribly inconsistent audio quality. Oh my here. gosh, you just you just keep making it worse. Yeah, it was bad. So also number eleven in Haslametrics upcoming schedule. You come back home this weekend to face Kansas State without Dean Wade. They were. Sorry, Kansas State was at home taking on Texas tonight. Oh, it, that's on right now. The game is on currently. We don't have the we don't we're not watching the game currently, but it is. It was nineteen to fourteen when I got here, and it is taking forever. It is sixty six to forty six, Texas. Oh man, with forty eight seconds to go. So I think that one's pretty much done. Kansas currently has a six point lead over Oklahoma. Iowa State has a eight six sorry six point lead over Oklahoma State. All three of those games with a minute left to go. So it looks like Iowa State, Texas, and Kansas will win tonight. The game this weekend against Kansas State. Like I said, without Dean Wade, you probably like your chances anyways. Um, but. In terms of rankings and all that kind of stuff, Haslametrics has Kansas State as the number 88 team in the country. Their projection has a pretty lopsided victory for you at home. You've done really well at home um, this season and last season. Projection there, I don't, I don't know the ins and outs of how he comes up with his point projections, but 64 to 47, it's quite the defensive performance to hold somebody under 40, or sorry, under 50 points. Um... And then a week from yesterday, the 8th, the next time we're recording is another home game against OU, who, like I said, is currently playing Kansas. Looks like they will lose that game. They are number 20 in the Haslametric system. You're projected to win that game by 7. Well, I'm, I'm not sure. What was, the, what was the score, Texas versus... Texas versus Kansas State is 66-47 right now. Yeah, it's a 19-point lead for Texas. So that's 
pretty close to what we've been. Yeah, I mean, it, maybe it's indicative of what we could possibly see this Saturday if this Haslametric projection is, is close. Well, you would think you're a better team than Texas, and right. Kansas State is playing at home. That's true. So maybe they don't put up 47 points against you on the road. We'll see. If they don't, that's even more impressive because you're holding, again, a conference opponent. Yes, you're at home, but under 50 points is is a lot. I mean, that's that's, that's a pretty stout defensive performance. Oklahoma's making it interesting. They're within four now, and I'm not going to, like, give live commentary in the games as they're wrapping up because that's not what we do here. Might keep an eye on that one. Keep an eye. Um, schedule past that, which we'll, of course we'll talk about next week. You travel to Austin next weekend, the 12th, to take on Texas, obviously, then back home the following Wednesday to host Iowa State. You're projected to win all four of those games, but barely, barely beating Iowa State, which they are, they have been the past few years, a sneaky good team. Yes, they still are be really interesting to see how that one goes see if you can figure out some of your offensive woes score some more points we've got to some guys stepped up tonight but even so it wasn't on great shooting or just some shots eventually started falling fortunately all right let's talk about football yeah let's do it because there's a lot of football that has been played there's there's not much football left there's one game there's one game um First, I, I I put this question in the notes. Have have you, Michael, or any of our listeners, have you seen the fans that are living on a billboard? They are like representatives. So there's a fan from each of the four playoff teams were living on the billboard that started on the 27th. So they were up there for a few days before the first game. And then once their team lost, they got to come down off the billboard or they were kicked off the billboard, basically. And, then, and when I say that they're living on it, they're not like hanging on it. It's one of those billboards that has a little platform attached to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So there's space for them to sit down and eat and all that kind of stuff and be somewhat comfortable. They're in Southern California, so the weather's yeah, they're not in, too bad. They're in San Jose. Yeah. Yeah, if, if, if they were in Green Bay, then I might <laughs> I might be impressed. But it's, it's an interesting thing. It was a, a competition that ESPN hosted. They had... I think I think I read thousands of entries per team to be that person selected. Um, they are the fans are sorry that are on the board or are living on the board are competing against each other in some kind of games between the actual football games, and those are being aired on ESPN three. So like you, you can stream it to your phone or your device, or whatever. See, Check this, out what they're doing. This is blowing my mind because you sent me this today. And I had seen something about some college football fans on a billboard, but I didn't know that it was sanctioned by ESPN and it was a big contest and it was a, I just thought it was like a crazy news story that there were just some random fans that decided to be up on a billboard and people were trying to get them to come down. You know, I thought it was an actual thing. And I didn't think it was for days. I thought it was more of like a, not a, like we've got a, we got a jumper. I thought it was more one of those kind of situations where there would be cars down below with megaphones 
Tell Don't them. do it. Yeah, tell them you y'all need to. Your family still loves you. Need to you. come down. We're going to come bring you down from the billboard. Roll Tide. But they weren't. Now I'm a little disappointed to find out that it's a a sponsored a spectacle. Yeah, and it's being broadcast, and it is being broadcast. It's like uh, the Truman Show or something. It's kind of ridiculous. Basically, so they it started on Thursday, the twenty seventh. Oh my gosh! The first uh, playoff games were Saturday, the 29th. So they were up there two, basically two full days before their games started. They watched the games on the board. Like there's a there's a TV built into the board. They watched the games on the board. What are we talking? Like first row at a movie theater kind of TV or a, an actual normal size TV? I, I mean, you're, it, you're it, not. It wasn't the entire board, okay. but it was. I mean. You, you can't get very far from it, but it was still a sizable screen. And then they will be up there until the game on Monday, the 7th. So it's a good while. Almost two full weeks. With, no, I'm sure the winner gets some kind of compensation. They win something, I'm sure. I don't know what it is. Okay. Besides that, there were a handful of bowl games. Michael, did you partake in any bowl game action, especially over New Year's? I I did. Uh, you know, I didn't really watch Notre Dame and Clemson. I watched. I just saw the end time. of it. Yeah, I I, I just kind of kept up with it on my phone. Thought, oh yeah, this is going about like I thought. Yeah, it was about it was about halftime. I was like, yeah, Notre Dame is they're not coming back. It was twenty. It's twenty to three at some point. Twenty to three at halftime, maybe. Yeah. I was like, it's a 17 point lead in, in a in a playoff game is pretty big. Yeah, we were out running and errands, and I remember hearing it. Notre Dame was not like it wasn't like they were close and just had some turnovers, or whatever that were keeping them that distance. They were just they weren't in it. Well, and then um, I'll just kind of rattle through the ones I did watch, and then we could kind of go back and talk about them because I, I didn't watch all that much. Uh, I did watch OU in Alabama. I watched yep. a little bit of Iowa State and Washington State, but I got sleepy. I'm getting sleepy now. I know. And I watched uh, the end of LSU and UCF. I watched. I watched a lot of the game. It was really chippy. Yes. Like, LSU had a bunch of guys ejected, and, and not like all at once. Like, it was a big fight. And they had a bunch of people ejected. LSU did? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, I know UCF was playing some dirty stuff, too. Most of it was like targeting. Yeah. There was a punch thrown. There were some guys that sat out the games, not ejected, but they sat out to to prepare for the NFL draft. So, like, they were already thin at defensive back, and the guys that were being ejected were defensive backs. So, like, we're not sure how much depth LSU has left. <laughs> they just need to make sure that, like, when they tackle, they're they're doing it cleanly. I don't know. It was it was getting bad, but the UCF, the national champions, UCF. The defending national defending champions. national championship. Their win streak ended at twenty five. They lost to to LSU. Could have been boy, a different game with their quarterback. Our boy Braden Fajoko had a live video from the field afterwards. I watched a few seconds of it. I got real snarky and chimed in and said, "How's that riding the bench, man?" Oh, there you did. Yeah, but he wasn't like reacting or reading comments. He was like smart. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I just hammered it up on the field with his friends. Well, good. His boys. Good for him. Let him in, let him enjoy it. He didn't play. Well, he could still enjoy it. Yeah, he's I didn't a, play. He's I haven't, a I haven't played sugar it. bowl champion. Didn't 
whatever. And just like You're Jonathan, Jonathan Giles is a, a Sugar Bowl champion, and I don't think he played a down. No, probably not. Anyways. Oh, and then let's see. What else do we Oh, the, the, the game after that was Washington versus Ohio State in yep. the Rose Bowl. And then, uh, of course, I watched Georgia and Texas. So those those are the ones I really kind of paid attention to. Yeah, and it, it, the rest if, of them I didn't. If you follow the podcast on, on the Twitter, you knew I was excited for a beatdown of the Longhorns. Oh, I I was I was fully expecting it too. Especially so was after, I. Like, like after after Clemson, sorry, after how Clemson beat Notre Dame, and after Oklahoma for a large portion of their game not looking like they belonged on the same field with Alabama. Think of like, yeah, Georgia probably has an opportunity to make a statement and say, hey, we deserve to be in there. We were one of the best teams. They had a very Red Raider, Texas Tech-like start to the game. It was very Man, disastrous. That's, a, that's an appropriate it was way a, to put that. I mean, we said, what, three or four times a season, just a disaster start to a game. They were down like 17-0 yep. early, and you're like, what is happening? Yeah. Um, no, I, I thought the same thing. I even put out something on Twitter during the OU Alabama game. It's 28 to zero. And I mean, OU did, they, they came back. They were respect. They made it respectable. They uh, played pretty well, but you know, when you're down 28 to nothing in the first quarter, that's a hell of a hole to crawl out of. I don't think you're going to anybody. It. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Or not, who you are, it, it, nothing is, is going to make that easy. But so that that was where I just thought, well, man, that Georgia-Texas line at that point, I think was 12 and a half. I thought, man, I, I, th- I bet this line moves towards 17. And if it did, I'd still take it. <laughs> and I would have been so no, very been wrong. So wrong. Yep. yep. We wouldn't have We wouldn't have been able to record here tonight because I would have, I would have bet HQ North on on Georgia covering seventeen or something crazy at that moment. I would have, and we would have been, been out in the street. Out in the street. Well, you would have been out in the street. I would have been like, "Sorry, bro." Yeah, that was. You just find a new co-host. Dumb move on your part. Yeah, you want to record a podcast? What are you up to? <laughs> I'm out in the corner. Got like, an hour and a half to kill. Like a hundredth in university, like waving <laughs> people down. Yeah. Um, so I, you probably saw it before the game. Bevo broke out of his corral going after Uga. Did you see he he practically there was a he woman almost who, gored it. Well well not just the dog, but there was a woman uh I think she was sitting on the ground or squatting on the ground. She was she had a camera and she had her back to Bevo. Smart. And he barreled through and he grazed her hair with his horn. Mm-mm, I don't miss that. I don't know how close he got to you know, knocking her out, goring her head. I don't know what it was, but that was very poorly handled animal by the University of Texas. I think it was Keith that pointed out, like, the school that doesn't have an ag program and it has Keith. no animal handling requirements to be in that group definitely should be responsible for <laughs> maintaining a 2,000-pound wild animal. They they should hire because here's the thing there, there there's two guys basically holding a leash on this animal like one you're not going to do anything obviously when it decides to do something it's like, taking you with it there's nothing you're going to be able to do but like get in front of it maybe and they didn't get in front of it they couldn't it, it happened quickly 
um, the the handler for Ugga basically like picked him up by his leash and drug him off real quick. Um, I wonder how many more games Bevo travels to. I don't know. Or if they don't find a a more permanent yet traveling mobile corral because that thing just like he just oh that was nothing he knocked it over without really trying yeah that that wasn't that wasn't going to hold back a kid the other thing that wouldn't work at a petting zoo no it was like i don't even know what to compare it to it was it was trash yeah i the what they have at dkr is a better setup because it's actually kind of a little Almost a cage-looking thing, if I remember right. But they need to. Whoever handles that buffalo up at Colorado, they need to. They need to call them and see what the heck they do because that they run with that thing, and that is just nuts. I can't believe that they do that. Every time I see them do that, and then a lot of times some guy falls down because he can't keep up. And what's well, a wild animal running? Yeah, it's, you're, you're not going to be able to keep up with it. And they're, and they're in jeans and they're you know boots. Yeah, it's just not. <laughs> the attire that you need to be running with a Buffalo. All right. So we got a couple more things. One, one more thing about the, the, the Texas game before we move on. Okay. Sam Ellinger, given the opportunity announced that Texas is back. Your thoughts, the way he announced it too. Didn't he do that sing songy thing? He said, Longhorn nation. We're back. I thought so. I was, I was in the bathroom and for much longer when I heard that, which is, the best place to be when you hear that. You were just primed to just go ahead and vomit. Yeah, and I just that. I just threw up a lot. I, I just <laughs> lost every all of that sparkling grape juice. <laughs> just came right back up. Now that was annoying. Uh you can't argue with how they played though, and how he played. He played really well. He had they sorry, okay, sorry. I'm I'm gonna go back really quickly. When I was saying LSU was a sugar bowl champion, I was wrong. They were fiesta bowl. Okay. Texas is Sugar Bowl. There we go. So, so y'all don't have to write us any angry tweets. So what you they you probably already have. Oh. And we've already deleted them. Fired them off. Delete um, your angry tweets. So Texas wins game number 10 this season, wins the Sugar Bowl. Primed for national championship run in 2019, right? Oh yeah. Right, I, Michael Wright. I think someone back. I forgot who said it on Twitter, but someone already tweeted number 4 preseason Texas. <laughs> I mean, they weren't, they were being sarcastic, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if I would expect them to be in the top 10 preseason because that's just how things work. But shoot, if they're even above that, would you, would that surprise you if someone thought, well, if Texas should be number four? I don't, of course know. they should. I don't want to think about it. I don't either, but they, I, I, I want to credit them because they played well. They, yeah, they did. They 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 took it to, to Georgia. Held they on. took it to Georgia. I mean, Georgia couldn't run the ball, and that was what Georgia does. They have two, as of as of that game, two one thousand yard rushers, mm-hmm. which is just an insane world to live in. I can't even imagine that. And they held them. Texas just they had two DeAndre Washingtons. Basically, yeah they they didn't let them run the ball, which is insane to me. And Fromm looked human. They were getting pressure to him all over the place. The defense played well. The offense played well. Ellinger was able to move the ball on his own when he needed to. And, I I mean, they're going to be a a solid team, but 
I, I think I think they're definitely going to come in with probably a little more hype than they'll deserve, which is normal. Probably. Okay. Last. Well, no, I'm sorry. There's two more things. So the championship game is Monday night, yeah. January 7th. Guess who's guess who's in it? Uh, Alabama. Yep. Clemson. Oh, that's it. Part. You got four. it. You got it. Take four at this game. So, <sighs> I've I said it last week that I I would not be as interested in this game because it's been the fourth year in a row that we've had this. Um, no, not fourth year. No, in a row, it was not in the row. I think, but it's the fourth time, four out like of five, six yeah. or four out of five, something. I love that you called it a new hope. Yeah, part four, a new hope. But, so, the thing that I've been hearing a lot of is, like, people that are tired of this game do something about it. I was like, yes, because me, as a singular fan of Texas Tech, can do something to change who who makes it into the playoffs, if my team makes it in the playoffs, if there's more teams in the playoffs or more opportunity for these teams to lose. Like, that argument to to silence... You need to do something about it. It's like done. What? Yeah. yeah. What, what, what am I expected to do? Well, we started the a other, podcast. The The other thing is like, and now I, what? I don't doubt that they're the two best teams. Yeah. I don't doubt it either. And that's the point of the system is to put the two best teams together. Kind of wish it was, a, it was somebody else. One of the nice things about it, someone pointed out, this will be the first team since, I don't know, the Mayflower that that will go sixteen and zero. Whoever wins this national championship, because they're both currently undefeated. Yeah, that's that's kind of neat to be part of that to see to see how that works out. But y'all have heard me gripe about Golden State Cleveland finals over and over, and then now we're getting the fourth part of this. It, the only difference here is it's one game; it's not a series of seven games, so you can kind of. And the team is like it, it. It's it varies wildly from year to year. That's well, not the same team. Like where like the basketball teams are fairly similar year to year. This this Alabama team was led by Jalen Hurts in 2017 until very late in the season, late, very late in the game, the championship game, before we saw Tua Tagovailoa. And I rant. I, I figured. Rant I thought this comes. was going. Okay, so I, I'm not like some some expert here, but I do know the basic guidelines of pronouncing a Polynesian name is to pronounce all the vowels, right? There isn't a guideline to add consonants where you see fit. So all the ESPN talking heads that keep calling him Tua Tonga Vailoa makes me want to like rip my ears off. The dude's name is not Tonga. They're like they they all add an in in there. It's like I I get you're probably trying to do like a a long a the tog, but like, dude, they're just adding an extra letter. It's not tongue of Iloa. Like it's like tongue of Iloa. Stop it. <laughs> just call him Tua. You're you're who was it? it was like Joe Tessitore that first figured out how to say it like really well. Always called him Tua Tagovailoa. Tua like it was both names. Like dude, there's only one of them right now. You don't need both names. If you're gonna call him by one name, go with a shorter name. Like, just call him Tua. There's nobody out there else named Tua. 
everybody, everybody knows who you're talking about. But now it's like, it's serious. Like, you know, Tua Tonga Vilo is like, oof. well, maybe you may only, well, I was about to say you may only have one year left to hear of it. No, his younger brother is, is enrolling in the spring. Oh, well, I, I, he's still going to, he's going to be in the pros, obviously. So we can't, we can't be, be rid of that just yet. Sorry. That was dumb. One and last to be thing. clear, I don't think you're making any issue with the kid's name. It's just, no, it's not his name. It's everybody. That's the announcers that, that says his name. That put a little bit too much gusto in it. I'm not even going to attempt to say it. And that was great because someone asked, I think during the, the halftime of tonight's Tech West Virginia game, is obviously a basketball halftime. And they asked someone about Alabama. And they, he just, the guy just flat out said, you know, two has been playing great this year. I'm not even going to attempt his last name because I know I'd butcher it. And he just went on. And that was, then, he, then he said what he wanted to say, but he called him Tua. I thought, well, that's good. That's better Everybody than me. Everybody knows who you're talking about when you say yeah, Tua. Yeah, of course. But the, the, only, the only good thing about this Bama-Clemson matchup is this is something I can't say for like NBA Finals. They haven't been super great games. You know, when you play up to seven in each year, then some are going to be some duds. But these national championship games the last few years have been some really fun, nail-biting football. Yeah. They, so I'll watch it for that been reason really alone. They've actually really good games. Yeah. The, the, the two teams, granted, whether it was Alabama and Clemson, Alabama, Georgia. Yeah. It's been really entertaining games. They've been really good games. They've been. It's not been some weird matchup where you get – like a Alabama Notre Dame right. from 2012 or whatever it was, and it's like Notre Dame gets blown out. Right. I don't, I don't remember any of those for three or the last three or four years, and that's why I'll watch because it really has produced some some great games and games that you're lucky to get just in the – you're lucky to get those games in October. And in November, you know, it's it's – just incredible that you've been getting them for the championship game. So that that's what'll keep me tuning in because these teams know how to, you can't ever count either one of them out because the last few championship games, uh, teams have won after being behind quite a bit in the fourth, or they've come behind and taken the lead only to lose it again. Or it, it, it's, it's been, uh, some, compelling football to watch and that that'll that'll keep me watching for sure on monday i'm i'm sure uh the playoff execs are waiting with bated breath to see if i was going to watch these game this game or not yes the one tv in so now south, you know. southeast lubbock really <laughs> gets them going yeah i it's, buy a lot of products it's hq north a lot of dos Equis and uh dr pepper um so Two questions. Are you sad that college football season, the college football season is coming to an end? Well, for me, it kind of came to an end. In November? In, in November. <laughs> uh, we've had some time to process this. Yeah, we've had some time to process. I'm, I'm not as sad as I normally am. I probably will be a little bit more after that game. But the, it was almost a relief when... Tech season was over. I was to I was to that point to where I kind of I kind of avoided football for a while. I watched the Big Twelve Championship and a handful of bowl games that we've talked and about. This you should season. have beaten both of those teams. Yep. 
scored more points against them than their respective bowl game opponents did. Not that that matters because we couldn't stop them. But anyway, I I'm not I'm not too sad. I, I've already kind of dealt with it because it was just such a roller coaster. The coaching search, losing five in a row, all of that. I was I was kind of ready to be done with it anyway. But I, I'm willing to bet that even after this game, if you ask me this question next week, I'd probably be a little bit more sad. And then especially once like March and April rolls around and there's spring practice and stuff, you're going, oh man, I really really would enjoy some football right now. It'd be kind of That'd be kind of nice. Okay, so here's here's why I'm not sad that the football season's ending. Um, one, it was... Because my Cowboys are in the playoffs? It was a beating of a season. You just mentioned that. Um, I've been more interested in some of the bowl games. Like, I, I've watched more bowl games than I have in previous years because I probably would only be watching, like, a Texas Tech bowl game and, like, the championship game. I watched fewer because, this year. Because there wasn't a Texas Tech game to watch, I've watched not like as many complete games. Yeah, but you're just interested in them. I've watched maybe one or two complete games, but I've watched more hours of college football bowl games this year than I have in recent memory. Um, so I'm okay for that to be over. I spent a lot of time doing that. Um, I've had some time to process not being in the bowl season it's not been like a super exciting bowl season so i haven't really been like jealous or upset that we didn't make it um there just weren't any like great matchups out there like man that would have been a really cool game um and then selfishly we've got such great spring sports at texas tech it's not like i'm sitting around until august like man what am i gonna do with my time that has i've got i've got basketball until april and then, well, sorry. Yeah, I've got basketball until April. Baseball starts in February and will go until July. And then I've got five or six weeks until the season starts. Maybe just a couple of weeks until fall practice starts. Gosh, I hope we have basketball till April. That'd be great. Yeah. Well, that, that's a great point. So, Because uh, I, I remember kind of thinking that a lot of people called the Duke game our bowl game, which... Uh, it sort of was, and it was it was really nice to just slip from from football season where every game's so meaningful to almost immediately a really meaningful basketball game and a really competitive basketball game that you were you were in until the final few minutes and that has been nice. I think that's dulled it a little bit. I didn't think about that, but that's that's probably why I haven't missed it quite as much because. Our basketball team has been fun to watch. It's not like it used to be even three or four years ago where you didn't see the basketball team on your TV until maybe a few key Big 12 matchups mm-hmm. here and there. And now every game but maybe two has been televised. And I know one of the ones, the ACU game, that was at the Coliseum, It originally you had to pay for the Texas Tech TV, but – once the game started, they you could watch it for free on your through Texas Tech TV. So, right. like every single game is televised now, so you can really enjoy it and and just kind of roll right into basketball season with uh, and just kind of have football in the rearview mirror. And it's not as it's not as devastating. That was a really good like West Texas accent that came. I out did. I, 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 
I noticed I did it, and then I thought, well, maybe he didn't notice. No, I, I definitely noticed. Okay, one more football thing before we get to questions. The University of Houston announced they have hired Dana Holgerson, and their whole coaching search offseason has been really interesting to watch. You want to play his? You want to play the audio from his from his intro video? Yes, but give me a minute to pull it up. Oh, I will. I'll do a little bit of little bit of talking. That this whole deal, uh, I don't know who Houston thinks they are, but they think. Sorry, they think there's somebody that they're not. Right, they're eight and four is unacceptable. Ten and two is what you're supposed to have. That has been stated as fact from their. Uh, they take pride in firing coaches that only win eight games. Right. Thinking that like doing something like that and then outrageously spending on a coach is going to somehow get them into the Big 12. Texas Tech beat this team, by the way. That's always kind of a nice little thing. By three touchdowns. Yep. Then you wonder, gosh, how many points would an Army have put on us? 70 to 14? Wasn't that what their that bowl game was? Anyway, this this whole deal has just been nuts. The The fact that Holgerson, who was a guy I really wanted for Lubbock, really did seem to be that interested in leaving, which kind of jives with what everyone was saying and, and how he and the admin were button heads and people were pointing out the obvious that he's losing his Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback and all those great receivers. And I think they mainly have Juco players on defense and just might be looking for a chance elsewhere. But it still was surprising to see it all happen and for it to all happen the way it did and the way Houston handled um, firing Applewhite and the way that Kendall Bryles quit, I think, before the uh, before the plane had had a chance to cool down after their bowl game. He just... He up and quit too, and you just kind of knew something was was brewing. There was some stuff about to happen, but I'm still surprised to see it, and I'm surprised to see the contract that he supposedly got, which was what is it four five years? Year, it's five years, twenty million dollars. Oh, so it's four million a year. It's four million a year. So he's making several hundred thousand more than he was making at West Virginia. In the Big Twelve, he'd be what like third or fourth highest paid, probably. If you think yeah. of like Texas. OU, Patterson's TCU. probably is, I think is up TCU's there. TCU's up there. And then probably Holgerson would be four. Yeah, possibly Gundy. I can't remember where Gundy is. Yep. I'm just trying to think where, where Kingsbury was because Kingsbury, I think, he was, was – He was 3-3. Three, three. No, he was 3-8. Right, but he was fourth like, or fifth. Yeah. I can't remember where he was on the on okay. the list. But, so, okay, let's, let's I try I found this. the announcement video, and it is – it's all of seven it's seconds. So it's cringe. It's like, it's crispy. It's five seconds. Okay. It's almost as bad as, as the Hokut introducing, well, no. It's, it's, Hokut introducing Cliff Kingsbury six years ago was not nearly this bad. It was, it was exciting for us. Um, and I'm so sorry if the audio is off and I, I butchered this. I'm sorry that I had no, no time to prep this, but this is the, uh, introductory video from the Houston football Twitter account of 
announcing Dana Holgerson as a head coach. Go Cougs. Hey, y'all want to go win some games? Let's go win some games. All right. <laughs> that was the man himself, obviously. As Dana Holgerson in a... What's he wearing? Like a wrinkled dress shirt under a, a navy blazer. He's got a, a University of Houston baseball cap on. That's a visor. Well, I, I can't see the top of his head, so I can... Maybe a visor. He's doing their hand signal with his right hand. The little shocker. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. Go Cougs. The sugar-free Red Bull. And he's holding a Red Bull, unopened Red Bull in his left hand. In the left hand. It makes no sense. I kind of get a kick out go of Cougs. it. Go Cougs. Hey, y'all want to go win some games? Let's go win some games. Well, he's saying that's also yeah. obviously a callback to when he went for two against Texas. And that was what he told his players. Do you remember this? It, it's making more sense now. When he went for two against Texas, he said, y'all want to win the effing game? Let's go win the effing game. And then they went for two and they won. So that's that's what that callback is at least. All right. One more time. Go Cougs. Hey, y'all want to go win some games? Let's go win some games. That's very Bart Rager-esque. It is. It really is. I'm glad you said that. I didn't, I didn't even I didn't make that connection until I I heard it. I heard the audio without seeing the video. Go Cougs. You want to win some games? Let's go win some games. That's pretty that's pretty good. Oh my gosh. I didn't realize his voice was going to be that gravelly. Didn't know he, I didn't know Such it was going to be Such a disaster. Like that. I, it'll University be fun. of Houston. It'll be fun. Okay, speaking of Houston though, apparently they reached out to Cliff Kingsbury. He said no. That's funny. I, I like that a lot. I, think, I also think it would be a bad move for him to get back as a head coach without having any like learning experience from anybody else. Not that I think he's going to learn a whole bunch the Jets. From, from Clay Helton, <laughs> but he is interviewing again. I think these are this would be a mistake interviewing for head coaching positions in the NFL with the Jets and Arizona. And I don't think it. I don't think it's Arizona. I, but there, no, maybe it is. There There's were two, two trash teams. teams in the NFL. There were two teams. Um, I hope he doesn't do it either. That's so bad. I don't think he's he's there yet. I mean, the one advantage of going to the NFL, obviously, would be he wouldn't have to mess with recruiting. He wouldn't have to teach hand signals and do the nipple play. <laughs> He'd just have to hold his, his, his play card up in front of his face and say, nipple play, nipple play. <laughs> I don't, I'm sorry. It, the, that one play had the same sign for all six years. And like every time I... I should have spent like 30 seconds researching, like putting together what that play is or what that signal means, whether it's a formation or a play. But like every quarterback that played for Kingsbury, Davis Webb, Baker Mayfield, Nick Shimanek, Patrick Mahomes, Alan Bowman. And it, it, it's like he's dusting off his chest but doing it quickly, the motion gets smaller. It's like the bigger the gesture, the more it looks like he's brushing off his chest, right? Like you got like some crumbs or something. You're just like, yeah. But no, like when you do it quickly, it's like <laughs> right across the nips. So that was. Hey, that's a good segue right into Hunter's question. Yes, it is. It's not in the, it's not in the, in the notes, but going back to the, that new phrase, we that the Jets beat writer brought up. Yeah, we mentioned this earlier in the in the recording, and I don't I don't have any kind of bearing on what started this or why he felt the need to bring this up. But this 
This this writer, his name is what? I'm going to butcher it, guys. I'm sorry. Let's hear it. Uh, Manish Mehta, and he he covers the Jets for the New York Daily News. He termed, or he calls Kingsbury. Wait, 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 let me read the whole tweet. Okay. Because he puts out a whole tweet, and I have not clicked this story. Because one, it's a picture of the the picture on the tweet is of Kingsbury and then of course Ryan Gosling in two different photos. But here's the whole tweet in its entirety, and I am not going to click his article. He coached Johnny Football, Baker Mayfield, and Patrick Mahomes. He's got confidence, creativity, and endless swag. He might turn Sam Darnold into a superstar. Can Kiss Sexberry save the Jets? <laughs> what? Like, I would almost think that that was a typo. But, like, no. Like, no, because he replies to it later. Awesome nickname, courtesy of Drew from Jersey. So y'all can at Drew from Jersey and say, thanks for uh, coining the term Kiss Sexberry. Because this guy with the New York... The, the Daily News, this, he decided to to turn it into an attention-grabbing headline thing. I, I just don't get like where you that's find Mac yourself. That's esque and that's not a compliment. Yeah, in your journalism career that you stoop to... like Okay, so you didn't coin it, fine, but you picked it up and like you're like... Yeah, let, let's 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 run with this. He's got seventy one thousand followers, and he's calling him Kiss Sexberry. Good lord, be what, better! What the hell are you thinking, man? Be better, Kiss Sexberry. Half That's time not even adjustment good. number three. Be better. <laughs> you, I'm sorry, it was a Slack chat. Yeah, inside joke. You, you just can't even. You can't even come up with anything better than that. That's that's just so. It's not even original. No. It doesn't even make sense. It's not it's not the same initials. There's no there's nothing within that that makes any sense at all. Be better. Be better. Do not click this link. You can go you can go find the the tweet at um uh, I don't know. I I won't give out his Twitter handle either. Don't click the link. Don't go. He's got like 70,000 followers. He's fine. He doesn't he doesn't need our click anyway. Don't, don't follow him. Yeah. Don't retweet Kiss that. Kiss Sexberry. You got to be kidding me! That is some horse. That is that is bad. That is just really. He was so close, guys. He was terrible so terrible journalism. I don't know what that is supposed to even mean. And I think he wants the guy to come coach his team. So let's let's do that. Let's come up with the same trope that has been dogging Kingsbury for seven, eight years now. That oh hey, you know that guy from Drive. They sure do look a lot alike. Let's put a picture of them side by side. Well, hell, they got the same sunglasses on. They look practically twins. So he's got that going already, and then he goes with Kiss Sexberry. That would that would be it. I, I would be I would be if I was Cliff Kingsbury right there. I'd say, okay, well that's it. I'm not talking to the Jets organization anymore because this jackass is going to be writing about me and calling me this and saying this every time I do something. Good or bad. And I, I I would say he could be like, you know what? If I become the head coach at 
the New York Jets. I'm going to deny media credentials to the New York Daily Times. Whatever. Oh, this, that the, would be great. Except, I bet this guy would just he would just nonstop. He would go nothing but all in. Sexberry. All in. That's yeah. okay. Enough of that ridiculousness. Jack wagon. Thank you for submitting that, Hunter. Yeah, appreciate that. <laughs> Question from Cooper Burnett. He wants us to predict the finish order for Big 12 hoops. And he gives us an out. He says, you can do one through five if you're feeling lazy. One through ten if you're feeling crazy. I'm feeling kind of lazy, guys. I don't know about you, man. All right, let me pull it up really quick. I'm I just sorry. know we're going to be number... We're not going to be number seven, like... No, the, whatever for, brilliant for you to fall to seven with that, you basically have to lose. Basically, you're starting five for the season. Yeah, um, it's about right. Currently, you are number two in the conference behind Kansas. That's expected until whatever. Well, sorry, I say you're behind Kansas. You're actually tied with Kansas. You're both at twelve and one with a point nine two three win percentage. You're one and own conference. Like, there's nothing. Like the only way that they have an advantage over you is against ranked teams. There are four and one against teams in the AP. You're zero and one, which of course. But then you you played Duke. Like the one team you played was number one. Yeah. Um, and then behind them, currently is Iowa State, Texas, TCU, Baylor, Oklahoma, Kansas State, West Virginia, Oklahoma State. So. Here's how I'd say top five would be. I'm going to go Kansas. Uh, me too. Go, I, I hate to. I'm going to go Texas Tech. Then I'm going to go Oklahoma. They're way down on this list right now because there's not a lot separating 1-0 and 0-1. They're, they're, they're going to move up a lot. Then I'll, then I'll say Iowa State. Maybe. Then TCU. TCU before Texas? Yes. Then Texas. Is that five? That's five. No, I think that's six. Then West Virginia, Baylor, Kansas State, Oklahoma State. I'd, I'm probably just going to do five, and I'm just going to flip one that you had. I, I think I'm going to still go with Kansas one, then Tech. And I'd put Iowa State third above OU and then I think I'm going to put Texas on fifth. I know they've lost some Ooh, they they've lost a couple of of bad ones and just they lost been to Radford. Yeah, I know. I know. But I I think I could see them uh pulling it together and I I, I we we kind of need to root for them a little bit so that they don't try too hard to hire Chris Beard away. So Shaka Smart needs to win. He needs to do well enough to keep needs, his job. He needs to win about eight or nine conference games. <laughs> Maybe that'll do it. And that would get you about fifth. But that that's kind of where I'm at. I, I think Iowa State's going to be um, – I think they're going to be pretty good. I could see them vying for that third spot easily. Okay. There were, that's where I am on one through five. I took the easy way. I'm not going all the way to ten. One, it's not a question, but something that came up on Twitter today from Brandon Solis, um, pointing back to last month when beer and wine sales were. Uh, oh yeah, we never discussed all that. And then the lower concession prices, all that goes into effect this weekend against Kansas State. Yeah, and I think it's a sold-out game. It's going to be. Bring raucous. your koozies. 
Bring your koozies. Be able to purchase beer. Yep. Be able to buy some consent. You better like to fill up. It was great today. I, I, Not I, that you want to fill up on popcorn and pickles and hot dogs, <laughs> but... <laughs> But you could. You could. You really could have like $2 not, a piece. Yeah. Yeah. You would immediately regret that. But the Kirby Hocut show today on Double T, it runs at noon every Wednesday. And uh, Robert Giovanetti was on there. And he's obviously not very familiar with beer because he, he stumbled on a few of, uh, I think he called it Ziegenbush or something like that. And and Choice was laughing off the mic. No, it's it's Ziegenbach. I I know that one. But uh, apparently, you can have that, and you can. Anheuser Busch is a corporate partner, so you'll get your Bud Light, your Budweiser, I think, your Michelob Ultra. I forgot what else there was. I think they do have Coors Light, though, which, of course, is not Anheuser Busch. Ziegenbach is. And then he, he mentioned another name. But he said it in such a weird way. I don't. I don't even know what he meant. <laughs> it was a. It was a name of another beer that I. He must. He just must not have known what it was. And I'm. I'm not making fun, but it was just one of those things where. He, he knows drinks. He, he doesn't know what it yeah, is. Yeah, he knows a lot of things, <laughs> a, a ton of things. But man, the second he got on to naming beer, he it just was. It was gone. It, not not a familiar subject for Geo. So that's probably not that's probably a good thing actually it's probably not a bad thing. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I went to I went to our friend Manish Mehta's Twitter account. Oh, okay. Let's see. Um, so on, on that tweet that you you referenced when he he calls him out, kiss Sexbury, he had the side by side pictures of Kingsbury and Gosling. Of course, yeah. No one's ever done that before. That's so freaking fruit. original, bro. And then this is a pinned tweet. He's proud. Oh, of he's it. proud of it. He pinned it. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's something else. He wants people to see. It's from twelve hours ago. He may be really, really, really ridiculously good looking, but he's definitely no Zoolander. Why Cliff Kingsbury? So he he drops a kiss expert on this reference. Would electroshock the Jets with his innovation and elevate the Jets' collective swag by a factor of ten? And he's got the gif of him coming off the bus, the he, lip licking gif. He licks his lips. Yeah. Dude, be better. His location, I'm sorry, I'm going back to like his location for his his profile, Earth. Oh my gosh. This is like, I don't even. Uh. He also retweeted himself. Okay, so he's followed by Mike Greenberg, Colin Cowherd, and a couple of other people I follow. Mm-hmm. There's a Texas Tech follower that follows him, and I'm I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Adele. Oh no, it's Adele. Adele, you need to drop that fool. <laughs> called her out. You called her out on air. Okay. So, Michael, what did we learn this week? By the way, Adele, uh happy to see the LSU plucky little LSU get a win against uh the plucky, Powerhouse, the Plucky Tigers. Powerhouse Central Florida. So, always always good to see that. Reigning national champions, man. Don't don't forget it. Yeah, that's true. Broke the streak. Broke the streak. I the only thing I really learned this week is to to clean your grill. Uh, that's the main thing I learned. I've been putting it off for a while, and I I just didn't realize how little I've grilled since it's gotten cold. Uh, so yeah, yeah, clean your grill. That that'll keep eight foot flames 
Well, they weren't eight feet tall. They were eight feet above ground. But that'll that'll keep them from, uh, you know, trying to lick the top of your porch overhang. Your patio. Yeah. Yeah. Burning your house down. So I've learned, despite, I'm going to use air quotes here, despite IT's best efforts, migrating an organization from, get this, my, Microsoft Office 2013 to Microsoft Office 365 is a cluster. <laughs> We've had email issues at work going on three weeks now. Like we're like to the point we are grateful it's been the holidays, but like we've been essentially useless these past three weeks. We've been able to get very little done in our office. I've spent hours today even adding and removing email accounts in my Outlook app on my computer. Because okay. <laughs> I have four emails at work. Why? That I check and manage. So my, one is my personal, not my personal, my, my business email address. Yeah. Then we have a organization-wide newsletter. It has its own inbox. I never check it. I don't care if it works or not. But we, it has to work. But you've got to Right. And I've got it fed it. into my Outlook. So I've got the Spencer.Rogers email address. I've got the Covenant Huddle email address. Oh, for those who don't know, I work at, at Covenant. <laughs> Just, now you know. Now you know. Um, <laughs> we have a Covenant Marketing email address that also is in there. Again, don't really care if it works. It's just there. But then we've got this Webmaster email address, which would seem the least, uh, most, oh gosh, what, how would you say that? Unassuming of the four email addresses. The Webmaster email. But it's the only emails that come to that are people that fill out the contact us form on the website. Oh, it's it's kind of a vague. The vast majority of those emails are people that are complaining about an experience. Yeah. And one of our regulation regulatory agencies that over, oversees hospitals across the, the, the country um, requires hospitals to respond to written complaints within seven days. Go back and, and and remember how long it's been since I've been having email issues. Oh, no. We have not been able to respond properly to email written complaints. Well, how do you respond to... Do you, Can you just say, thank you for your... So, basically, thank you for what your what inquiry I do, or your yeah, inquiry. So, inquiry? Mirror. Inquiry. Mirror. <laughs> inquiry. I don't respond... Oh. Which is like, here's the biggest problem. I don't respond to these emails. What I do is I basically ask, like, I'm the middleman. I, I will connect them to the right departments. So if they come in like, hey, I need, I need help with my medical records for X, Y, and Z. I send the medical records. Yeah, there you go. I have you know a, how to direct it. I have a, a complaint about my experience as a patient. I send them to our patient experience team. They're the ones that have to track all of that and say, okay, this patient, this person submitted a, a, a comment on... January 2nd, 2019, we responded January 3rd, 2019. It's been resolved. Because this agency checks these kind of logs. There's a big gap right now. 
because our IT department can't figure out how to. Have they have they contacted y'all? Can you get into that? I've been on the phone with them. Like I said, I was on the phone with them for se- several hours today. And they're just why aren't you why aren't you responding to people? No, 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 no. I so I went on the phone with IT trying to get this email oh, okay. address back in. I got you because I tried to log in through the web portal how it used to work around it, mm-hmm. and it's only updated until the day that we started to do the migration. Long story short, I don't know if there's if I said too much. <laughs> the point is. I don't have the email access I need to do my job. And that's frustrating. It's frustrating. Basically useless. You should just take tomorrow off. Just the rest of the week off. Just work one day this week. There's really no point in me going into yeah. work. That's good. It'll be fine. Is there anything else we wanted to talk about before we, we end this, this wonderful, wonderful podcast? I don't think so. I mean, it, it's been so much fun with our new equipment. We'll have to do this every week. Record a podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. We'll have to do that every week. But one of the biggest things that we'll be able to do with this new equipment setup, we'll be able to have guests on. So Much like, easier, yes. If we were to to bring in a, a Seth or a Brian or a Dan that are remote. Via Skype. We can bring them in Skype, and the three of us can talk at the same time instead of me doing a phone interview, recording it off my phone. And then dropping that interview in the middle of my recording with Michael, we can do this all at the same time. Like, okay, hey, you're going to be on the podcast with us, and you can be on as long as you want. But we're gonna we're gonna do this all together. We could do that now. We can. We we've got some aspirations for podcast growth for 2019. Equipment's going to help us with that. It's yeah. been it's been a lot of fun. And you, the loyal tens of listeners, tens, all tens, tens. of you. Plural. Multiple tens. All right. If that's it, I think it is. Thank you for joining us on the 23 Personnel Podcast. We'll catch you next week.